Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 224. Runaways, Season 1, Episode 2, Rewind. Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I am a fan of comic books and a fan of comic book TV shows and TV movies. Not TV movies, regular movies. TV movies tend to be not very great. Well, that was a long time ago, Ben. They could be better now. It's true. Uh, by the way, that voice you just heard is Agent Stu. Agents. Yay, from the UP. Yeah. And, okay, so, yeah, TV movies. We've had some bad TV movies about superheroes. Oh, though. I mean, let's, oh, yeah. let's get it. I mean, Doctor Strange, if you've seen that, I recommend it because it's just 70s-tastic. Um, <laughs> from, from the music to the mustaches. Uh, but then there's, like, Justice League the tv movie yeah you didn't see that you know why because it's so bad it's yeah, but so bad now now you tell me from what i've heard the the movie movie is not much better uh, the justice league movie movie yeah oh maybe that should be our post credit instead but, <laughs> no i i enjoyed myself at that movie I, oh, I really did. Good, I, I, had a, I had a good time there and I was with Evan. He also had a good time. Part of it was live action super friends. I mean, my super friends from when I well, was three were on the big screen and they were live action. And part of it was there's some fun moments to be had. It's not a perfect movie and I haven't seen it a second time to weigh it against to see if it holds up on that first viewing. But if you have friends telling you they didn't like it, um, find out for yourself. It's it's worth finding out for yourself, I think. There are some things I'll warn you about that's not worth finding out for yourself. <laughs> <clears throat> Ready Player One novel. No, no, see. Okay. Maybe that's another post credit we have, but. We're just racking up the post credits. We should actually do a real show. Okay, uh, the post credit we are going to do, by the way, is about something that's posted to Facebook by the official agents of shield um, mm-hmm. profile. We have um, shared it as well on our, uh, on our Facebook page. Welcome to seven is on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. Surprise, surprise. And it's also, you know, lots of other people have, have now shared it, but yeah, we're going to talk about that preview of it'll be spoiler free preview of season five of agents of shield. That's our post credit. Mm-hmm. Not this other trivial stuff. Get excited for that because I know I am. Well, we're going to talk about why I watched it and why you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, okay. There you go. So that said, uh, we sh- we're here to talk about Runaways. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were hoping we would start talking about here? Yeah, that's probably a good Runaways. idea. Yeah, yeah. We should. And this is episode two of Runaways. If you are just joining us now, you should probably listen to episode one. Um, But uh, that is in our previous episode. Uh, They dropped three episodes in a row. I mean, I say in a row. They dropped three episodes in one night. 
uh, last Tuesday. We are recording um, before the episode four has been released, and hopefully we'll have recorded about episodes one through four before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back. And that's that's the plan anyway. And yeah, this show, Stuart. Yeah, Ben, this is a good show. I, this is a good show. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I think of all the characters, the one with the least personality happens to be the one that I just like the actor the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's not, per, it's not that he has the least personality because of his acting. It's they've given him the least uh, quirky of personalities. Uh, and that's Alex. Uh, yeah. I, that guy, man. I mean, he is just, he looks like the comic book character. They, mm-hmm. they all do. Uh, I I just read the first issue of the comic book, by the way. Good. I got the graphic novel from the library with all 18 issues from the first series. Good. So I'm, I'm reading that, but yeah, he, I just, there's something about him that he, he's like the perfect guy to be the grounded leader of the group. Mm hmm. I absolutely, man. Yeah. And the other, the other two, I mean, the other the other kids are all cast very well too. I mean, Gert looks just like Gert and yeah. Molly is very similar to Molly. And I mean, they've done a very good job of casting and then costuming these characters to look like one might even say they've done a very good job of MCUing them. I think that one might, if you were going to verb that noun, then we just verb that noun very well. Here. I mean, they, they did. I mean, they have translated them into the MCU Mm-hmm. really really well i and, and, and that's and, just visually for me i don't know much about the characters in the comics other than that first issue but right well and then the rest of the series is is works well as a television series i've heard this described as like the oc or you know dawson's creek or you know whatever a teenage drama with powers and that's true you know we've only we've only seen a few of them show up but it's still got that dramatic feeling to it except for one thing and i agree maybe i mean definitely the drama part but Mm -hmm. last episode was here's our main cast of kids Mm -hmm. alex nico chase carolina gert and molly and then there's destiny who's thrown in the mix there but doesn't have much as far as character and is not part of the group so you have them and this episode one introduces all those characters and mm-hmm. it does a great job of introducing those characters, defining their relationships with each other and bringing them together, even though they would, the last thing they want is to be together. But then we turn around and we get this episode reunion and it's about their parents. This entire episode is In fact, the way normally we do act one, act two, act three, blah, 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 that kind of thing. My breakdown for this is Alex's parents, Chase's parents, Carolina's (laughs) parents, Nico's parents, Molly and Gert's family. uh, Because they're, well, uh, that brings me to a question. I, I was about to talk about Molly's family. I know about Molly's family because I've seen episode three. Have you seen episode three? I have not seen episode three. Okay. So I don't know much about Molly's family, but that brings up our spoiler policy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even though episode three has been released, we are not going to mention things from episode three specifics for any reason about uh, anything that's going on because we have we're in episode two right now. So if you have not watched episode three, don't worry, we're not going to spoil you. Um, 
there is a mystery about Molly's parents and we find out a little bit more as we go on, but yeah, it's, so we're not going to talk about episode three. Don't worry about that. Stuart, not going to do it. Good. And listener, don't worry. I really have not seen episode three. So I, you know, I'm good. I will say this, Ben, the episode title is rewind, not reunion. What? No reunion was episode mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I need to redo our, our opening credits. Yeah. Episode one was reunion. This I, is rewind. Yes, because this rewind. is a flashback episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this episode uh, episode actually, when it comes back from credits, says just earlier that day. Mm-hmm. So, is there a is there a, a I'm gonna side go on a tangent for a yeah, second. Yeah. Is there a literary term for what this episode does, which is the you know go back and tell the other side of the story or whatever? Is there like a a a real life, a real term for that. Um, kind of, uh, Stuart, here's, here's the deal. I, I think this will qualify as today's, Hey, I might've learned something <laughs> now. Hey, I might've learned something is a segment that we only do for runaways episodes. Why? I, I don't know. It's just something we did last episode. And so now we're doing it again, I guess. But I would say that the official term would be, um, flashbacks, <laughs> You know, but, but what this is giving us in in kind of film terms is that the Rashomon uh, effect, which we've had happen before in Agents of Shield, and mm-hmm. that's where you have uh, the same story told from a different point of view. And so Rashomon is actually about a murder that occurs. Uh, it's a uh, well, there's actually a crime. It's not just a murder. There's a crime that occurs where um, different people are telling the story. One of them is the actual guy who did the thing. <laughs> And one of them is the victim of the crime and a witch like gets his testimony from beyond the grave. And one of them is someone who witnessed it happening. Um, and then they all have their, their different perspective of what happened. But if you remember the episode with Stan Lee of agents of shield, that's, Oh my gosh. That was so that? long ago. <laughs> it was, it was that, that may not have even been season two. That might've been a season one episode. I think it was season one. And I think it was like episode five. Ward was a good guy at the time anyway. And right. <laughs> so they, uh, they did this where it was, you're, you're just kind of picking up the story as you go along and finding out what happened. How did, how is it that, that Colson and Ward are off the train and watching That's it drive right. away, you know, <laughs> and then you cut to someone else's point of view and you get to see what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so that's kind of what we're getting here. And as far as releasing all three of these episodes together at the same time, I'm not going to talk about episode three, but this episode and episode one absolutely go together. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this could have been a two episode pilot episode. It, it could have been Inhumans in IMAX. I'm glad it wasn't. But, uh, and it, it could have been uh, season five of <laughs> Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting with a two episode um two hour event where it's going to be at eight o'clock uh, Eastern nine o'clock. Uh, no, eight o'clock Eastern seven o'clock central central. Yeah. Which is happening by the way, this weekend as of this, this recording. Yeah. So, which December's right up, right around the corner, which yes, agents of shield coming, but you know what that else means? Last Jedi is coming very soon. I know. I haven't told you about that. Have I? My, uh-uh. They scheduled our Christmas party, our staff Christmas party. <laughs> Don't they know you have better things to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. Some people from 
my staff might be listening, so I'm not going to say better things to do, <laughs> just other things to do. Um, I, I still have not decided what I'm doing about this conundrum because I promised my kids we'd go opening night. And we, I made that the, promise before the, the party was scheduled. And so the question is, how do I, can I go to a late enough showing? Can we make it to right. a late showing to do that? So we, uh, this will be the first time we've ever seen anything opening day or pre opening day. I always was sort of against it. Um, but there's a bunch of people from my work going, I'm going to take my daughter who was super excited about Ray. Um, and I'm going to dress up as a Wookiee. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, my daughters have already decided what they're going to wear. And <laughs> my my youngest daughter, my, my oldest daughter is going to do my youngest daughter's hair. So she looks like Ray. Like that's all the costume she's going to do. But like, that's a moment. That is a sibling moment that I don't want to lose because, you know, I have a, my oldest daughter is a teenager. My youngest daughter is a preteen and they don't get along sometimes as and kids gonna... do. And this is right. something they planned together. And there's hardly any stuff. My, my middle daughter does stuff with both my oldest and my youngest. That's not a problem. But my oldest and youngest daughters, they don't often do stuff together. So it's one of those, oh, man, what do I do here? Uh, it's a family thing. Speaking of families, we need to talk about some families here. <laughs> yeah, this is not the Star Wars podcast. Right, right. Nor is it the Avery Family Drama podcast. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe um, sometimes it comes up, I guess. But yeah, so um, – if you're just joining us, though, we just need to make sure that, you know, um, our spoiler policy is anything that's happened in the MCU up until this point that we've talked about is fair game. But we will not be talking about Defenders or Punisher or Episode 3 of Runaways because as mm-hmm. of the, this recording, those things have been released, but we haven't talked about them on the podcast yet. So we are not going to mention them. Um, also, uh, you have some familiarity with the comic. I don't. Um I've read the first issue and so there will be some more comic talk later, but I don't have much to, to add, but if you have something you want to throw in there, especially now as we're talking about their parents, Stuart, let, let me have it. If you, cause it's been a while I, since you've read it, right? It's been a long yeah. time since yeah. I've read it. And so I don't remember hardly anything of it. Um, I remember, uh, you know, the, the, the stereotypical things of like the, you know, Gert and, and, and sort of her, her pet, later on yeah. but i that well, hasn't we've seen been the pet. we can talk about the pet i mean there's we've seen the pet but we actually haven't seen her have it so i didn't want to go there but well in the comics is it like a pet pet i thought it was like a pet pet okay like, well we'll find out in the comics but um it'd be interesting then to see if that dynamic plays out here mm-hmm. so. yeah okay yeah so we'll just talk about the pre-credits thing first and that is where we absolutely get the other side because the end of the last episode was a cliffhanger where Molly accidentally snapped a picture. No, she snapped the picture on purpose, but her flash went off as well. We find out, though, that that barrier that was there was strictly a sound barrier from the staff. Mm-hmm. And the parents have, you know, well, what's out there? We can't hear because the sound barrier is there. The kids are on the run. Uh, they can't get out of that area downstairs. Uh, Molly hulks out, which is what I'm going to call it for now. I don't understand her power yet because, again, haven't read the comics and we don't know as far as on the TV show what her powers are specifically. But she gets really strong and her eyes start to glow. And it also makes her really, really tired. So um, <laughs> Alex tells him to go to the guest house. He has an idea. And and in the guest house, they the kids are talking about all the different theories that this could be, uh, are they working on time travel? Is this some sort of high, uh, that's Gert's idea. 
um, the high level Gibram thing? Is it a science experiment? And Nico just brings it down. It's like, dude, our parents just killed that girl. <laughs> and she just brings the conversation right down. She's that girl in every party, you know, just the, Hey, you can have fun geeking out, but our parents killed that girl. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's our pre-credits. So now we've moved forward in time a little bit, come back from the credits and we're thinking, Hey, are we moving forward in time? Not yet. We're going backwards in time. I did not expect this at all. <laughs> this was <laughs> really fun. And so once it went backward in time, like, what are they doing? We saw the whole day. No, we didn't. We saw the whole day from the teenager's perspective, not from the parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. So. And that's really interesting that they're deciding to do that because I I think I, I don't want to get again. I don't know much about the comics, but I remember the comics not focusing on the parents as much. They focused on the kids running away. And that was what they're does. What it was called. called runaways. Yeah. And so it wasn't about the parents. This is interesting that they've sort of making it about the parents. I think it's what's really making it interesting is if the parents are the bad guys. I mean, that's the whole the whole gimmick here is Mm -hmm. what if you found out that your parents weren't just evil in your mind because you were a teenager and you hate your parents because that's what teenagers do. And your parents are angry at you all the time because that's what parents do. What if they actually were evils? So supervillains. And mm-hmm. that's the gimmick here. And here's the thing though, Stuart, a hero oftentimes is defined by its villain. And so if these guys are going to be heroes, then they need good villains. They need well-developed villains. And we don't usually get a super well-developed villain. You know, we were talking about justice league villain, not super well-developed. He's there to give them something to do. Ironmonger. In Iron Man 1, he's just – he's there. He has good motivation, but you're, you're there for the beat him up you know? And they yeah. try. They try to give – to flesh out the villains sometimes, but usually you – superhero things, you can get lazy. Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. And here, they're not getting lazy. They, we are spending time with these people, finding out who they are, what makes them tick. So shall we talk about who these villains are and what makes them tick? Sure. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So earlier earlier that day for Alex's family, uh, first of all, his mom is a lawyer and his dad is involved in a lot of like city planning and um, he knows how to do bureaucratic stuff. And uh, so they're having conversation. And then Darius Davis <laughs> shows up at where, where a school is being built. They're about to break ground and he shuts down the, the construction work and it's to get a message to Jeffrey Wilder, get his attention. And he and his wife are talking about how nothing can jeopardize the construction site. So apparently this has something to do with pride. Um, they're going to talk about this construction site more. Um, Jeffrey goes to meet up with Darius. He goes with a briefcase and there's obviously some sort of history with the two of them. We know now also that uh, Jeffrey has been in prison. Um, and when Jeffrey gets there, he has no weapons, but in the briefcase, there's not money. And he threatens Darius's Nana. Uh, and he says, I will destroy your world. <laughs> Threatening a guy's Nana is a harsh, 
harsh thing. Oh my goodness. Yes. But I mean, the guy is standing there with a bunch of other guys with guns and, you know, they, 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 they pat him down when he comes and they take his cell phone and mm-hmm. we find out after this is all said and done, they did a complete data transfer data, data, whatever from his cell phone. And mm-hmm. yeah, so something is going on there that is much more than meets the eye with these guys who look like just gangsters, but well, you get the sense that, um, the, the, the dad, Alex's dad came from, you know, a gang came from the hood, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, I, you know, probably shouldn't say that, but I did. Well, so, I mean, he, he absolutely came from a gang and it's right. the gang that Darius is in charge of now. Right. And basically, uh, Jeffrey's saying, Hey, you got to where you are because I brought you up to this place. And Darius is like, no, no, no. I helped you get to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there's this conflict. We don't know what the conflict is between Darius and Jeffrey. We don't know what the, what's going on with this construction site, but it has something to do with what pride is doing. And it is absolutely essential to their plans. They can't let anything happen to that. What does that mean? I don't know, but well, I, you know, I'm sure we will find out that it's not going to be Chekhov's or it's going to be Chekhov's school. Yeah, definitely. Like they're going to show it and then they're going to resolve it. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I can't see them not doing it. It's too big a thing. Then again, I mean, we're only getting 10 episodes, so it might not happen in this season. But here's the thing, man, with this. Jeffrey and his wife. They love Alex. Like they are Mm -hmm. good parents. They want, they care about him. They're giving him good advice. Like they're Mm -hmm. they're giving him good parenting advice. And, but then they're also dressed in, in those red robes, putting Mm -hmm. that girl into a box. So, right. uh, Yeah. It's, it's an interesting dynamic that those parents have. So who's the next set? Chase's family. Okay. So Chase is talking with his mom and his, his mom says something like, well, your dad hasn't hit you in a while. <laughs> like, okay. That sets up some family dynamics there. Uh, she gets a phone call as uh, Chase is leaving and, and you know, he's not appreciating that whole sentiment, uh, but she gets a phone call and he leaves with one last uh, little jibe at her. Who's calling you? Dad doesn't allow you to have friends. And then his mom, Janet, uh, answers the phone and says, I'm looking forward to seeing you. So there's something going on there. Chase's dad is Victor. Who used to be a vampire. And then he um, he died, but he came back because he was kind of having this soul. Yeah. And wasn't he also a time pirate kind of guy? Yes, he was a time pirate in in, Torchwood. Torchwood. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't going there, but good for you. No, this guy is geek royalty as far as yes. the different uh, different uh, universes he's been a part of. Yes. Um, and if you don't know, this is the incomparable James Marsters, who is um, who's just a fantastic. He's also in a band and his music is pretty good. <laughs> if, if you are of like the rock sort of genre, which I'm not really, but you know his music's pretty good. Well, he is low rent TV. Tony Stark evil low rent TV, Tony Stark. And 
he's experimenting downstairs and you know, he's got this workroom thing going on. He's experimenting on the box that we saw earlier and it's having dematerialization problems. And he's also having really bad headaches and he's angry and his wife is trying to be supportive ish. Um, but he was trying to like dematerialize the uh, rat and yeah. So a uh, shout out to Daniel about this rat here. The rat does not touch the food, Daniel. The rat does not touch the food. And that is in reference to how much Daniel loves everything Pixar except for Ratatouille because the Where rat, the rat the touched the food. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's Chase's family. And we've already had some interaction with them in the first episode. And, and clearly there's not a good relationship between Chase and Victor. Um, this guy, I mean, we'll find out more about him, I'm sure, but hasn't hit you in it, a while. <laughs> it doesn't sound like there's a good relationship between Victor and anybody else for that matter. Yes, in- including his wife. I mean, he is not for as supportive as she's trying to be. And of course, you're getting the impression that she might be having an affair or something with uh, that phone call that she got that. The way they shot it, it, it's obviously not one of her girlfriends calling and saying, hey, want to get some coffee? No, it's, it's <laughs> clearly there is a secret thing going well, on and there. It, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that she mentioned we'll see you at the pride meeting. That's right. She was saying, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the pride meeting, the pride meeting. even if he is going to be there. Yeah. Right. So it's got to be one of the other members of the pride. Yes. So we're not going to say much more about that because yeah, but we are going to say this guy's not a good guy. <laughs> no, I, he hasn't hit you in a while. Still means he hit you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before. And that's no bueno. That is not bueno. No, no. Now I might add some of this family dynamic stuff like this is something that was from the comic that I just read. And it was, it was really interesting to see how well they've MCU'd this. They've added depth to these introductions mm-hmm. that weren't there in the comic. Um, and, and so that's, that's, that was really interesting to me to see an adaptation where they actually are adding depth that doesn't feel like they're just, you know, trying to add padding, but actually are adding dramatic depth. So, okay. Carolina's family. Uh, Leslie is her mother. Her father is Robert. Leslie is in charge of the church and her father is a former actor. (laughs) And so we find out that destiny is leaving. Uh, She was not in the chapel, nor was she in her room. Um, After she talked to Carolina, when Carolina was doing her interview, uh, she left and we're going to find out more about that in a moment. But um, let's talk about Frank's. uh, No, is it Robert? No, it's Frank. His uh, Robert. I'm getting all these names mixed up. Robert is Nico's father. This is Frank Mm -hmm. and Frank's agent is letting him go because he's no longer the guy. And we're going to, we keep the show family friendly. So I'm not going to mention what they were talking about with his posters (laughs) and girls across America, but he's no longer that guy. He's that guy from church, which is not a bad thing. The church is worth a lot, but Leslie has it all. Did you notice who the, who the agent was? I, I've seen the guy before, but I don't know what he's from. His his name is Larry Miller. And what's interesting is he's not on IMDb. He's not? 
No, I mean he, he Larry Miller is, but in this episode he's not connected to it. Oh. And I know that that's Larry Miller because that's his voice. They did something to age that guy up though, I think. I, they aged him and they fatted him, which is really weird. Which you don't you don't make that guy you don't make, you don't have a throwaway character where you're going to hire a name and you're going to put makeup on him just to have him in for two two, you know, a minute. Well, so it's like, uh, maybe you do. I mean, he's a character actor. I recognize him from just being in a lot of stuff. Right. I I mean, maybe you do, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's going to come back at some point. Well, maybe it's like Prometheus where, um, oh, who's the guy that they, oh, I can't remember the actor's name now, but they aged him up in the movie Prometheus and then never used any flashbacks to show him younger. It's like, why do you get this famous actor guy when you could just got an old actor guy who's famous and, uh, then they use him later in uh, in Alien Covenant, but oh. I wish I could remember his name, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, he he leaves because you know what, man, Frank, you got to find out more information and you got to get some of the piece of the pie, man. So Leslie though goes to get Destiny, and um, she lied to Leslie about having someone in her life. She actually is uh, a mother and. She wants to go see her child again, and she feels ready to do that because the church helped her get cleaned up, the, the Church of Gibram. And Leslie then has to think fast, and she's well, actually, I've been praying about things, and I think you're ready to go ultra. So Yeah. Now, in my mind, you want to go ultra, and I am a comic book fan, as I said before. I am a huge fan of the now unpublished and, you know, Marvel bought this this company so they could uh, do a lot of different things. And one of the things that they did was ended up shutting down this <laughs> series called the Ultraverse, which was a brand new comic universe just after Image Comics hit big. Everyone tried to hit big. And this was one of those things. And I loved those comics, man. Love those comics. And they called the, the superheroes in that Ultras. And so she's saying, I'm ready to, for you to go Ultra. And I'm thinking, oh, so gonna get struck by lightning and get superpowers but clearly no. that's not what's happening i I, no. I get it i understand i'm just saying um, she's just she's just gonna get thrown into a box right well anyway there's a, a few listeners out there who might know what i'm talking about and appreciate it so anyway it's obviously you know uh, she's thinking fast to get this person to stay but then she goes home and she's trying to meditate and Robert comes in and asks Leslie, Hey, not Robert, Frank, Ugh. Frank <laughs> comes in and asks Leslie to take him ultra. Cause the only part he wants to play now is your partner. That, that scene where she's meditating, that's a weird dynamic they got going on. She's clearly the leader of the church, right? Not just, but yeah, yeah. It, did what did you feel like she was the leader of like the entire all of the churches or just that one church? I feel like she's in charge of all of the churches. Uh, the impression mm. I'm getting is her father must be the founder. I might mm. be wrong, but uh, the impression I get is her father's the founder, left it all to her when he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a funny line when Frank's like, uh, you know, the stress really got to your dad and I, I don't want to see, you know, it, it hurt his health. I don't want to see the same thing happen to you. And she's just, he died of testicular cancer. That's not going to happen to me. You know? <laughs> like, it's a great line. Uh, clearly just 
setup for that line, but it's good. It, it's, a, it's reminded me of a Jeff Fox for the bit. She ain't got no testiculars. <laughs> uh, anyway, so but okay, so the hierarchy of that she is she is kneeling but higher, and so when he comes in to kneel, and she's got her little kneeler thing and got a little bench that she can pray on or whatever. So when he comes in to kneel. He is lower and therefore subservient to her, which that is a really interesting. I mean, she is the she's the keeper of this castle for sure. Well, the two things that I find interesting with that is, um, first of all, he's not part of the pride. She's going oh, to the pride meeting and he's not going. Oh, that's right. So that's interesting to me. The other thing that's interesting to me is, you know, what is it that brought them together in the first place? And I ask that because, you know, every once in a while you'll meet a couple and you're just like, how did, how did that couple happen? You know, that just doesn't make sense or it doesn't feel, uh, you know, typical, you know? And, and that's what this couple feels like to me is like, what brought them together? He clearly hasn't put the church first for, you know, a number of, of different mm-hmm. times. Uh, like because of jobs and and acting and and that kind of thing. She knows that his agent came and visited and and it's like, you know, what did he have to talk about? You know, uh, because suddenly you're interested in going further into the religion uh, right after your agent comes. Why? You know, and he plays it off. But um, yeah, there's, there's some interesting dynamics there and it's not just the, the power structure. Um, you know, because there are some power families where the the mother is is the head of of household and and the father is not. But this is a situation where I'm just wondering what brought them together, and yeah, what keeps them together. I didn't realize that she that he wasn't in pride, so that's a that's definitely something to to look after soon. From here, we get a little less information. Nico's family is Tina and Robert. Um. Tina has that staff thing and Robert is trying to put the, the trophy back together that, that Nico broke. And, um, Tina is cold and angry and Robert is trying to be understanding of, of Nico and trying to be understanding of Tina's feelings of loss. And they're talking a lot about this lost daughter that they have. Um, and, and, you know, in a lot of families, when, when they experience loss, there's, a very high percentage of families that lose a child end up splitting up. And, you know, and, and so this is something where he is not happy with the way she's responding. She's responding by using the staff to seal him in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and again, she, he, when she does that, he's calm collected. Like he knows that that's what she was going to do. And he knows how to talk her down. And she is a very, I mean, she is at some point, I think in the first episode, she's like, I'm the head of blah, 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 not the IT department. So she's like a very powerful woman too. And so you have these two very powerful women who have basically subservient um, husbands. And then you have uh, James Marsters, who is. A really mean guy. Yeah. Abusive who has a subservient wife. But I also get the impression with Robert and Tina here though, is that the power dynamic is much more equitable for the two of them. It's just that they respond differently. And so he's responding in such a way 
he's responding in such a way that's meant to bring her down from this kind of cold anger. It's not a, it's not a, a screeching, yelling, screaming anger. It's a, it's a cold anger. And he is not responding by screeching and yelling and screaming. He's responding by trying to be calm and collected. Um, and, and maybe it is because he knows she's more powerful than him with that staff. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just, again, they're, they're building these complex relationships that, um, with, well, though with these two, I don't feel as much like, how did they get together? It feels like that they started out and they're very much on the same page, but now they've drifted apart from each other emotionally because they lost a child. Well, yeah, they, they're, they're having to deal with that mourning in in their own way. And it doesn't always, you know, each, each way, each human is different in that. So they're, they're dealing with it in their own way. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, but one of the best things about being married is you deal with it together. That's, that's if you have a really good relationship. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So then the final couple that we're going to talk about here is Molly and Gert's family. And basically we get just some funny stuff with them in the car. They're making fun of the other guys in the, in the pride uh, group. Um, they're angry because people don't like her brie cheese or whatever, the homemade brie. And also he forgot about the pride meeting that night. <laughs> so they're, they're just goofy and forgetful and, and, and funny, but also and hippies they put on. <laughs> yeah. But also they put on red robes and do ceremonies where you mm-hmm. throw someone into a murder oh. box. That That's all the parents, right? That's all the parents. And from here we go to the pride meeting. So, and, and it's interesting about the pride meeting that, when in the first episode, we always thought it was, or it, it came off like they were willing participants. In this episode, it comes off like maybe they're not. Maybe there's a little bit of a, because at one point they said, "This is the last one we have to do," and then we never see each other again. This doesn't sound like people who are like raring to go and meet every weekend, right? Absolutely, and it's obligation. It's it, obligation it is. And you also get the impression. I can't remember. There's a, there's a business term for this that I know if Daniel was here podcasting with me right now, he would know it. Maybe you do, but it's the business term is when you've, you've put so much time and energy and money into something, but it's not working out, but you don't want to stop because you've invested so much into it that you feel like you shouldn't let it go, even though it's just lost now. And and the more you put into it, the more you're losing. And so you just have to cut your losses and say, I'm done with this. You get the impression that they've done this 17 years or something like that. Their victims are 17. That's how long they've been doing this. Um, and Jeffrey suddenly has, he's talking about how he has cold feet now. And they're saying, well, that's just because, or he's saying our children are that age. Our children are now the ages of the kids that we are kidnapping. And then they go down and they, they put on their robes, they do the thing. But even as they're doing the thing, you know, Jeffrey's the one who's holding her at first when they, they've drugged her and you just tell on his face, he does not want to do this. And she behind the soundproof barrier, you didn't hear this, but she is begging. She is afraid and she is begging for them not to do what they're doing when they put her in that thing. And yeah, Jeffrey doesn't want to do it. It's, it's rough. And, and, it all affects them a little bit. You know, at one point, one of the moms said that that was a really hard thing. I think it was Carolina's mom. 
Yeah, that's after. Okay, so when they go back up, um, Jeffrey and his wife are the ones who get dressed quickly to go up and, and investigate what's going on. Uh, the light flashes. We see the light flash on them and they all look up and then we're back to the present after they get dressed. Alex's idea, by the way, was to pop the power off and then they all go into the um, the uh, guest house and play that they're doing. <laughs> they they do Twister together, which they weren't going to do because they aren't 12 last episode. Um, and then they're arguing about what they saw. And. Uh, but. Jeffrey and his wife, I can't remember Alex's mom's name, but they come back and they make their report about the breakers being tripped. And that's when you get the conversation about that was a difficult one. And um, Chase's dad stays behind because destiny is still in the box, just like the rat. So that's not right. good. And then she's not supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he stays behind. I'm going to take care of my box, you know, my murder box. No, no, I don't need any help. <laughs> but the big, the big thing was, you know, Carolina is talking about her parents uh, fight for people like her. And they're, they're all talking about like, why, why would our parents do that thing? But then they just have to act normal, <laughs> mm-hmm. act normal. And so then as the families are getting ready to leave, it's a reunion just like old times. And they're, trying to act normal and they're having a hard time acting normal, of course. But, um, as chase leaves, he says, yeah, uh, this is the new self-driving car that my dad has with extra large trunk space. And, you know, because it would fit a murder box in it, (laughs) that weird pod thing. Nico doesn't want to go home because she'll be alone. Uh, but they do, they go home and, Here's what happens at home. Nico sees her mom put the staff up in this kind of framed box thing on the wall. Gert and Molly end up sleeping together that night. And Molly asks Gert to sing to her like they used to. And so Gert sings her to sleep and the Raptor downstairs hears her singing. Um, Alex texts the entire group. We're going to figure this out. Um, And then we have Jeffrey doing some search, some soul searching and he's saying killing is still killing and, and his, his wife is saying, yeah, but today is done. We're almost done. And then he goes into his study where the secret door is and finds a cute little hairpin pretty thing. In my family, my, my girls, we call them hair pretties. So that's what he finds. Cute hair pretties. Cute hair pretty. Okay. Yep. And then we go to not Robert, but Frank <laughs> snooping in Leslie's computer. Uh, and then also snoops to open the door to the private meditation suite where the lotion guy is. Um, and so we just, so we don't forget face hugger man, uh, with the skin that just needs some serious, serious. Lotion. Aqua- he needs, yeah. I was going to say it, say it, man. Aquaphor. He, he needs, needs aquaphor. Some, <laughs> he needs some serious aquaphor with, you know, maybe mix in some Vaseline just so you got it really good. Yeah. not not good that's our episode though that's our episode so so what did you think of this episode i thought it was great i was i was amazed by how good this episode was and it it just strengthens the first episode right right this is 
these two episodes are so good and so well planned. You get the impression that this is, again, I'll say this again. This is not something that was thrown together at the last minute. They've been working on this. They've been refining this. They've been working hard to make it cohesive and good. Now they weren't under a situation where all of a sudden they're told, yeah, you're filming in two weeks with IMAX cameras and you've got two (laughs) weeks to film. It's not like that. And that's, Honestly, that's part of what gives Inhumans a little bit of a pass for me is just that it feels like it was thrown together so quickly. That is absolutely what gives Inhumans a pass for me. But with this, I I think this is a fantastic opening to a really – it gives me great hope for the future of Mm -hmm. this series. Mm -hmm. And the future of stuff on Hulu. I mean I don't know what's going to happen with with the whole Disney – streaming thing or whatever but you know if hulu turns out good stuff like this that's a little avant-garde or or not the mainstream uh but is still in the marvel universe i'm all for it you know i'm all for it what else you got for us hulu yeah i'm interested to see what you got we'll see we will see because i mean this i don't know if this is just a testing ground or if this is just the only thing they're going to do now that Disney has revealed that they want to do a streaming service of their own to have their own, like we get everything from, from this, this production that we do on our streaming service, but with Hulu, they get money because they're producing it and they get money because they are shareholders in, in Hulu, but they still don't get everything. I mean, basically, well, they're not quite Frank who doesn't get much of the pie, you know, they, they get a significant portion of the pie for runaways, but yeah, I'm, I'm very curious where this is going to go and how is this going to, you know, what kind of future we're looking at for, for this kind of thing. And it still hasn't connected any, in any way that I've seen to the greater MCU. Uh, That doesn't mean it's not, by no means am I saying it's bad. I'm just saying it. it I haven't noticed any. So if you have, I, feel free to email us. I haven't. I haven't. And I, <laughs> I've been looking for, you know, MCU connections, but yeah, I haven't noticed anything at all. So, um, I, I'm excited to see how it, if it does at all, because again, being on the West coast, being, you know, even the books don't necessarily connect to the to the greater Marvel universe. It's not like you have Captain America or Iron Man showing up and saying, "Hey, kids," you know, um, it, if that that I remember very well. So I, I don't know. I'd like to see see where this goes and see if it does connect. Right now, the only thing that's connected this directly to the MCU is that we've been told this is right. part of the MCU's and so. the Marvel logo at the very front. <laughs> Well, but even that Marvel logo that shows up on on uh, gifted, yeah. I mean that's that's Marvel production, yeah. Right, and I don't even remember who said this was. I mean, maybe Jeff Loeb did, but maybe it was KG and like, well, you know, it takes place in one of the small corners of the MCU. No, no, they um, well, they are saying it's a different corner, but it was if I can find the quote, yeah, it was Jeff Loeb. It was Jeff Loeb who said that it was a part of the MCU. Hmm. So, well, yeah, I mean, it, maybe the Gibberims will show up in 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 uh, Infinity War because everybody else is. 
Well, I, I was just waiting for Victor to mention Stark, you know, <laughs> or yeah, that would have been, uh, yeah. And, and unfortunately we, we haven't had the time to really comb over things with a fine tooth comb. Well, even, even then, I mean, unless it's like something really, really in the background that you'd have to, you know, frame advance everything for it. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Now the, I, I just, I found this article here that, um, one of the producers on the show, uh, Josh Schwartz says, how it connects or whether it does or not, we'll leave that to the powers that be. I can just tell you that we were very careful, capable of telling the story we wanted to tell independent of any of the other Marvel stories that are out there. So, yeah. So that's him. But he, Jeff, well, Loeb, Jeff Loeb says how it's connected and where it's connected and what it's connected to remains to be seen. Uh, right now, we want to tell this great story. So that was in an article from August. And to be fair, it doesn't need to be connected. The only reason it needs to be connected is because fans like me are like, isn't it, isn't it all connected? Uh, here's why it needs to be connected for me. We're doing every episode on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you have the same stake, though. You're here with me. I now, here you're with here you. instead of Evan because Evan's not feeling well today. But um, we'll hopefully get him in on, on episode three. So. But but yes, I I am watching this just like we had to watch all of Iron Fist and, and Inhumans. Um, I am watching this purely, not purely because, but the reason I started to watch it is because it was MCU. Now I'm going to continue watching it because it seems interesting and I'm, I'm intrigued. Come but for the I'm, connections, stay for the goodness. Oh, yeah. Now I'm not sure I would have picked it up if it wasn't technically the mcu like i watched the first episode of gifted and that was cool and all but i got this and punisher and defenders and yeah all of them to watch now so. i got sidetracked on sidetracked on gifted um the other thing i mean there's there's other shows though that i make time for if they really grab me like legion yeah i made time for that yeah that was really good i um, did <laughs> yeah so, okay. Well, Someday. you know what? Let's, let's shut this down then. And, um, thank you for listening and thank you for giving us a bit of time in your day as we talk about stuff that's fun to talk about. And we'd like to hear from you about this fun to talk about stuff. If you have any thoughts about runaways, um, haven't had any feedback about runaways yet. And I'm not sure if that's just because people, you were just asking Stuart, you know, are people watching this? You know, how many people I have Hulu? He, the, so my example was everybody I know has Netflix. Not everybody I know has Hulu. And so I'm wondering like what, you know, and then, and then the subset of that is people who would be interested to watch a, a Marvel show. And I don't know that you come to this, you know, I don't know what Hulu has been advertising for it. Cause I only got my subscription like the day this came out. I have <laughs> seen I, so many ads for runaways oh, during yeah? runaways. Like every commercial break on Hulu. Hey, LA is awesome. And we are filming in LA and this is why the show is great. It's like, I don't yeah. need to know that I'm watching the show right now. Like, I don't need to see an advertisement for stranger things during stranger things. Of course, Netflix doesn't show advertisements, so I don't need right. it anyway. But, um, yeah, 
I'm not sure either. I mean, with with uh, Star Trek Discovery, CBS made a huge push and made the push to say, hey, you know, subscribe, 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 mm-hmm. because they were kind of not quite launching their service, but almost using well, it, it as a, a launch. It's definitely a flagship thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of very few original content for CBS All Access. Speaking of which, did you ever watch any of Star Trek? I haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> I will. I will. But I've been waiting for time and time. Yeah. You know, time is the well, fire in which we all burn. Oh, that's the writer words, isn't it? That's what? It's That's writer words, isn't? aren't they? No, that's Star Trek Generations. I can't believe I missed that. Malcolm I'm going to go hang. Yeah. I'm going to go head my hang my head in shame now. Thanks. <sighs> Star Trek reference, man. You missed it. I did. And you're the guy. Like I am the guy. Yeah. I'm I'm literally hanging my head in shame now, Ben. So thank you for that. Well, mission accomplished, I guess. So <laughs> Hey, we'd love to hear from you about Runaways and we want to thank you for listening. And Stuart, if you don't have anything else to say, um, I, I just want to, well, do you have anything to say? Thank you for listening and, uh, be sure to, you know, send us your comments. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And I really appreciate you listening. And I I just want to know that we, we invite everyone to this podcast. We want everyone to listen and we love everyone who does listen. Um, even those people who, well, Their biggest character flaw is that they occasionally listen to Weird Al for pleasure. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcome to level seven.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 77 55 level seven. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us until next time. Godspeed. I actually do listen to Weird Al for pleasure. Yeah, so. so do I. So do I. But it was a good quote. So yes, it was a great quote. And it was the best one I could find that that would fit into <laughs> that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Here, let's talk about 17 minutes of season five of Agents of Shield. It's the first 17 minutes. I am not going to spoil anything. I will just say this: I watched it. Stuart, have you? I did not watch it. Why not? Uh. Well, two reasons. One time, you know, I got to make time for that. But two, I'm going to see it on Friday. Time is the fire in which we burn. Which is a quote from Generations. Yes, I just remember is. that. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I understand the time thing. I do. Um, I watched it because for me, I didn't feel like I was spoiling anything for myself because – it's it's 17 minutes. Like that's a mini episode right there. Right. So that's the other thing, right? Is it, it's, if it were, 
if it were like one minute, I might have watched it because then you're not getting any context, right? You're just getting a, Ooh, look at, Hey, by the way, there's this show that you like, and you might like a, you know, a little taste of it. I'm just going to say it's, it's 17 minutes out of the two hours. So basically 17 minutes out of the 40 to 40. So the 84 minutes or whatever, but it puts things in context. And I was surprised like how much I'm just gonna say this. A lot of stuff happens in that 17 minutes and it was fun stuff. And so all I'm saying is if runaways gives us a, you know, a a nice glimpse into the future of what's possible in the MCU, you know, and, and doing something different and that kind of thing. Um, this 17 minutes gets me ready for agents of shield tube that, we are on the cusp of a great season, I believe, because of the well, 17 I sh- minutes. I sure hope so. So we'll find out based on that two hours mm-hmm. <laughs> if we well, actually and, are. But And then the other reason I'm not going to watch it, not going forward, is you know we're going into the week. We have kids and stuff like that. But also, I, you know, it's, fr- it's Friday. I can wait till Friday. Uh, I'm just saying Friday. why. Why bother? Why wait? Uh, and then I'll get to see it again on Friday. So on Friday, mm-hmm. I'll have seen it twice, man. Right. And, or <laughs> what's more likely to happen is something will happen with the kids and I'll end up not being able to start the episode on time. And Oh, we'll see in that situation. Yeah. I'm just looking ahead. I'm planning toward the future. Yeah, there you go. You're planning <laughs> for the future. Yes. I, I appreciate your planning, Ben. Yeah. You know, I'm making time so that I can lose time later because as they say, Time is the fire in which we all burn. Oh, you read my mind, Stuart. How did you do that? <laughs> well, you know, I I, I do know things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, later, man. All right. See you later, buddy.